Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm Rob Kammer, bringing you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its television programming. But not this week. Well, okay, that's a lie. This week too, but not this specific episode. Uh, it has been one year, at least episode-wise, uh, since we've started this podcast adventure. Um... Most of it being being hosted via Anchor FM and chunks of it uh, being an exclusive uh, to my Patreon backers. Uh, and I just figure as, you know, uh, I don't know, something different. Uh, you know, I just figure let's just talk about the podcast because let's face it, in this world of temporary gratification, anything standing a test of time is kind of an achievement nowadays, uh, especially with the ease of access uh, that we have in media, uh, through social media, um, and just all the thing, all the resources we have at our fingertips. Uh, so to me, just sticking through this podcast for one year can be kind of a big deal. Um, so I just kind of wanted to let everyone behind the curtain briefly, to some extent, uh, just for a wee bit, if you will. Um, just give some background to myself and just talk about how we got to where we are today. Anyway, so gimmicks aside, I don't happen to be a 35-year-old man who lives in my mother's basement. I live in my wife's basement because she doesn't let me out of the house. That's also not entirely true either, but we'll go with that. I am... A lifelong wrestling fan. I, you know, I allow glimpses to come out of it uh, via the uh, via the podcast with some of my really nerd uh, amalgamations and whatnot, um, and just some snippets and jokes here and there. But really, a lot of my earliest memories involve wrestling in some way, shape, or form. Uh, mostly staying up entirely too wet late uh, because I was watching wrestling with my father, uh, the old uh, variations of primetime wrestling on Monday nights, um, and occasionally the odd uh, WCW Saturday night as well. Um, so throughout my childhood, and really, okay, let's just face it, most of my life, I've been a WWE fan. I've stuck through it, you know, through th thick and thin for the most part, uh, all the way through the Attitude Era, though I did, would, I did switch back and forth uh, between WWF at the time and WCW. And, you know, those are good times, really. I mean, we look, we, we look, we look through them with the, you know, the rose tinted glasses. And really, like, if you watch it now, a lot of it doesn't quite hold up terribly well. But for that period, I mean, just wrestling was on fire, man. Uh, and it was getting some mainstream appeal and like it was fun it was great like even my friends had finally caught the wrestling bug at that time uh of course most of them would lose it since then as wrestling cooled off and it wasn't the cool thing to go through um but you know it was always kind of a constant and i really only got to see it on television for for quite the longest time i i was you know born raised lived in a small town in central Illinois, uh, the WWE very rarely came 
around. My parts are fair, or any real wrestling, like, was a rarity in the area. I mean, the I, I joke, except I'm not joking at all. But when I talk about how, you know, how hard people have it, like, I remind people that I had to drive 20 minutes to get to a Walmart. So, like, that tells you what kind of, like, backwoods uh, yeah, I come from. And, you know, and not to, you know, put myself on some sort of pedestal. Uh, you know, there's places, obviously, that are more distant than that. Um, but, you know, I, I live well, technically near Chicago. When people think of Illinois, like, they mostly think of Chicago. And there's a whole state of difference thereof. Uh, but, like, even, like, the Chicago folks are like, what? But digressing. Wrestling. You know. Wrestling is a live phenomenon. Escaped me until I was in my early 20s. Uh, WWE would come around, you know, one, you know, once or twice a year. Maybe they'd have a television taping, but I'd have to travel at least an hour to go see it. Um, and as a child, like, I, we didn't have the money to do that. And, uh, you know, my family also wasn't big on you know, hanging out with crowds either. So that kind of took out a lot of that into the equation. Um, it really wasn't until I'd, around 2008-ish before I had seen uh, really any any wrestling live. I, I take it back. There's a, I got to finally see WWE uh, around 2006-ish or so, got to take part in a SmackDown taping or two uh, in the in Peoria, the Civic Center. Uh, but really, like, yeah, so I would have been, like, 22 at that point, nearly 23 by the time I've gotten to see any wrestling live. And, but for the most part, you know, it was just WWE-centric. And I've kind of, like, made aware through the dirt sheets and the insider news, like uh, a world beyond the WWE and to a lesser extent, WCW and later uh, TNA slash impact. But again, just, you know, coming closer to the area. Um, but it really didn't sink in to me until about 2008 or so uh, when Heartland Wrestling Association, uh, probably best known as a former WWE developmental territory, came to Peoria. Uh, they started doing this Midwest expansion to go along with the, their pro television programming on the CW, uh, a CW that the Peoria was hosting. And so of all the places to be based in, it was like Cincinnati, Ohio, and Peoria, Illinois. Um, and that was my, my first real exposure to the world of independent wrestling. Um, and of course, like the gateway also happened to be, you know, a former superstar, um, Al Snow. And, you, you know, you can, you can mock Al Snow quite a bit for, you know, his career and the whole head gimmick or, you know, what a curmudgeon he may or may not have become behind the scenes if you're into that sort of thing. But man, I loved me some Al Snow. And, so just the fact that there is live wrestling that was going to be cheap and Al Snow is going to be there just blew my mind and really just kind of opened my eyes to a life outside of the World Wrestling Federation, um, World Wrestling Entertainment. And just 
it, it was mind expanding. Um, and then shortly around that time, um, IWA Mid South uh, also started kind of basing its operations out of Illinois as well. And again, jokes aside, uh, best and brightest over here out in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah. Oh, it just, I finally had access to things and it was amazing. Um, and thanks to the internet to expand that, you know, I got to see like whatever I wanted, whatever my heart desired in the world of pro wrestling. And it, since I was will, now willing to like see the world outside of the superstars and I was hooked. I mean, I still would come back. I would still, you know, watch, you know, at least one of the WWE television programs, if not both of them. But otherwise, you know, I was discovering Ring of Honor uh, with HWA coming, you know, a couple, you know, maybe every month for a while, like every other month. Uh, but I discovered like Ring of Honor, uh, to a lesser extent, uh, pro, uh, Propane Pro Wrestling, 3PW, uh, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, all all around the, this time. And it just like the circus comparison uh, that I like to use, you know, if you don't like one thing, here's something else. You know, you don't have to be stuck watching this one thing. And it was great. Um, I mean, and we're, and this is the theme, like would, that would go through my adulthood as I discovered new wrestling or, you know, found my favorites outside of the big television bubble. Um, and so we, you know, moving into the future slowly, but steadily, um, I did just started like really honing in on a couple of promotions. Uh, Billy Corgan had, uh, around, uh, started, had purchased the NWA after several attempts of kind of getting his foot into the wrestling business, most notably with revolution pro in Chicago. And then, uh, most famously with impact TNA and the deal that he had going on over there, um, around the time of his purchase, uh, I had started trying to branch out in my creative endeavors. Uh, you know, I've worked, I won't call them true blue collar jobs, but, you know, I've been a nine to fiver in the office for much of my adult life after college. And it's, you know, it is what it is, but it also at a certain level isn't always creatively satisfying. And, you know, I consider myself to be a wee bit of a creative type. I mean, I'm not a full on, you know, artsy folk, but, you know, I like having my hand in like creating music and art projects and stupid little videos. Um, am I great at any of them? No. I mean, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, I'm not even great at podcasting, but it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it and was starting to like you know, try to be a bit more consistent in any sort of output I do. Um, and so, you know, I started basically, uh, panhandling through Patreon, um, and just kind of thrown out just whatever updates I could, whatever projects I could for, you know, uh, whatever people were willing to give me. 
Um, and then I saw, and then the, I saw the NWA ha have their television show pa power, um, and became a fan of the old school styling of it. Um, just, it was kind of everything I wanted in the moment and it would just be like, I thought it'd be kind of cool just to do some reviews, just, you know, uh, it went by quick. Um, and just the way the show was very fast paced, you know, the reviews went by very quick as well. Like I called them like mini casts. They're almost just like news briefs of like, uh, you know, 10 minutes or so. And like, you know, all, you know, I found something that I really enjoyed doing again. I will not vouch for how well I did it, but it was something that was fun. It was something different for me. And it was a product I enjoyed, uh, especially getting out of the WWE's bubble, which I had started to do um, probably the year, I think it's the year prior, uh, if my timeline is correct, but don't hold me to that. Um, I had really got burnt out by the product, and I, I could probably spend like a whole nother, you know, podcast special or patron exclusive or you know i i could talk at length about why i i don't follow a lot of the wwe product now so there were two things that filled that void nwa power uh which i started doing the review for just for fun um just to get some output out there maybe and it was it was and it, i could do it often enough that I could be consistent about it. It didn't necessarily involve like a whole lot of plotting, editing, special effects or anything like that. You know, me, a microphone and audacity. Like that was all we needed. I didn't have to necessarily script anything uh, or anything of the sort, you know, worry about lighting and angles and, you know, finding a bunch of other things to go along with it. A lot of the other giga like, and it was fun. It gave me an outlet. The second thing that kind of took uh, went along with it was my discovery of Major League Wrestling. Um, they restarted the company, I don't know, probably a year, maybe two years prior to my rediscovery of it. And it was just something else that happened to be free on on the internet. Um, you could you could check out Fusion. There's another hour-long programming. Um, and I thought that was really cool as well. Um, but since it was a bit more traditional, like, it just didn't... I thoroughly enjoyed the pro uh, programming, but I didn't do a whole lot with it otherwise. Um, but leading it back around with power, you know, I had done probably about six weeks of power before the Jim Cornette incident occurred. Um... And for those of you who may not be up on it, um, basically in a taped show. So I, I stress that this made it past editing. It wasn't, it may have been a comment on the fly, but it should have been caught somewhere along the line. But Cornette used an anecdote uh, that could be construed um, as racist. And, you know, I'm not going to go into the details of it. All I know is, you know, all I'm willing to share in the moment is that, like, regardless of my feelings about the statement, you know, it wasn't an appropriate statement. It shouldn't have been allowed to make air. And most, almost as egregious as the potential statement was the handling of the aftermath. And 
like that didn't sit right with me. Um, that, you know, that it was allowed to make air and that we, that, that the, uh, the, at least NWA spokesperson at the time, or at least person acting as spokesperson basically gave a sorry, you're offended apology, you know, not any sort of actual apology or any sort of like thing referencing creative action. Um, and my humble opinion is if you're going to give me a sorry, you're offended apology, like you shouldn't bother with the apology. Like I would rather have just a blanket statement of saying, like, we're going to review this and handle things internally as, as we see fit. Like, yeah, I'll roll my eyes at that, but you know, that's something, but instead of like, sorry, you're offended is not an apology. Like that's, that's just an F you, uh, in my humble opinion. And like, you know, I'm tired of being told F you by various companies that I want to like. And so I stopped, uh, I stopped watching the product, um, and, which upset me because like that was kind of my outlet at the moment like yeah like there uh, you know there's other wrestling but like that was the thing i was you know making my creative outlet besides watching um and so the, the mini cast itself you know took a break you know i was just like hey everyone this is what's going on i don't know what i'm doing now um something will come up it might be tomorrow it maybe months, but I'll, I, you know, we'll, we'll come up with something. And it took about two weeks, but I came up with something, you know, um, I was already watching major league wrestling. I was already watching fusion. I was already invested in the process process and pro and the program, uh, program was probably the word I was looking for initially, but you know, editing and like, Light, the light bulb went off like, well, why can't, you know, I just do what I was doing for power and do it for fusion. You know, and again, like Major League Wrestling is a very solid program. Do I agree with everything like they do? Like, not necessarily, but what they're doing is working and I don't find it, you know, find the pro product to be offensive in any way, shape or form at this point. You know, they're not doing anything that I view, view as, you know, the outwardly F you to the product. And I say these things and like as subdued things like, Oh, well, yeah, you sound like a fan of the product by using him as subdued, such subdued language. But, you know, obviously I'm a fan of the product. I really enjoy the product. If I'm even doing this at all, you know, I'm spending, you know, a couple hours, you know, every week to put out this, uh, this podcast uh, that's, you know, dedicated to this programming. And especially, um, this is a side hustle. I'm not, you know, I have a, I have a real job in addition to doing this. So like, I am definitely not on anybody's payroll for this outside of, you know, whatever kickbacks I get through Patreon and now coffee. And then, you know, the, my anchor ad that I do in the middle of the podcast. So it's been like, you know, it's been a labor of love and, you know, so obviously I, you know, I can use the subdued language of like, Oh, it's just solid. Like, no, well, I mean, it may be solid, 
but I thoroughly enjoy it. And sometimes, you know, I can use the term solid, but sometimes like that's the best you can get at times uh, because other thing, otherwise things can be horribly spotty. Um, but Major League Wrestling, you know, that was what I replaced my outlet with. And it stayed Patreon exclusive for, oh, like research, not always my strong suit. Uh, so for a month, two months maybe, uh, just, just something, again, I did for, you know, the people that happen to be a fan of my creative output in general. And finally, like, I started looking at my options of, like, what do I need to do to, like, host this without uh, in, in a more in a way that's more easily digestible and you know that that time i actually did do my research um and you know found uh, found out about anchor and you know m- you know music was made uh, you know peanut butter jelly uh you know a match made in heaven i guess maybe despite, you know, not being Randy Savage and Elizabeth. Um, though, don't, you know, don't, don't start throwing reality on that one. I'm referring to SummerSlam 91, obviously, when I talk about the match made in heaven. Um, but yeah, so I found, I found Anchor, and that's kind of where we are. Um, 52 episodes. Like, that's, I, I find that to be really cool, uh, especially for someone that's, just kind of doing their own thing and really doesn't have the backing of like any large sponsor or company. Like it's just, as I put in the descriptor uh, for the podcast, you know, I'm just a fan talking fan things. And like, I, like I enjoy doing this. I, I know I don't have the professional polish of things, but you know, I, I'm having fun. And I try to keep, and I tried, you know, I try to keep everything light and fluffy so everyone else can kind of have fun in the process too. And I hope that, you know, if you're a repeat listener, that you are having fun listening to this. And if, yeah, you know, if you're not having fun listening to this, you know, I, I appreciate you continuing to listen. But I don't know why you're here. Life's too short to be doing things you don't enjoy, Especially if they're anywhere near optional. And let's face it, listening to podcasts is an optional activity. So thank you for all or all of you who, you know, indulge me every week or indulge me this week or indulge me last week. Whenever it is you came along, you could be that awesome guy in, or in, in uh, Chile who I'm pretty sure spent the entire day listening to me one day. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate every listen I get because... I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is a one-man show. Uh, it's just a dude talking into a microphone once a week, um, just for his own entertainment. Um, but I appreciate it, and I appreciate you know appreciate all the ba- all the you know all the feedback I've gotten this past year, and I look forward to having even more feedback in the future. Um, so. That's me rattling on for 20 minutes about my journey in the world of wrestling and podcasting, at least briefly. I mean, as I said, I could rant on about different chunks of this for other specials, but, you know, I like to keep these relatively short. 
And so I won't give you the full plugs, you know, but just, you know, check, uh, click the link in the description. Uh, you can find all my social media stuff in there. And of course, if, you know, if you join, if you enjoy the program, like subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Um, if you, if you can, I know times are tough right now with the pandemic, uh, but go ahead and please, you know, kick back monetarily if you can. Uh, do you have a, co a coffee that's best for a one-time, you know, tip jar? Um, and if you're more interested in a reoccurring subscription kind of thing and getting all sorts of extra goodies along to it, so get some, get some, a little bit more bang for your buck, you know, feel free to hit up uh, Patreon as well. Um, and that's uh, that's all in the links below as well but again thank you all very much um again i appreciate it and thanks thanks to major league wrestling for even if i if i'm on their radar thank them for not suing me for anything i might have said uh so you know hats off to you um i'll see you guys later this week with a brand new episode of the restart thank you <laughs>